Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where women share personal stories of God's love. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Lindy and Katie. And today we bring you Allie's story. And Allie, our third Allie this year, (laughs) by the way, how strange, is actually from Birmingham and reached out to us about sharing her story. And now we've become friends, and it's so great. I love when that happens, Mm -hmm. when when people reach out to us and you make a new friend. I know. I loved hearing Allie tell her story. While her story is one of kind of walking through her cancer diagnosis, It really is about finding out that she was worthy of God's blessings. Mm -hmm. So I really hope that you hear that in her story. And for those of you who are out there that are struggling with that, you are worthy. So here's Allie's story. Hey, guys, this is Allie Nichols. First of all, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share my story. It's a long one, but a good one. So stay tuned. But I live here in Birmingham, Alabama. I am married to my husband who I met in college for 15 years this September, and we have three kids. And I just thank you for this opportunity to share and just be honest and transparent and raw. Some of this is a little tricky to share, but it has been on my heart for a long time to share my story. And I've heard the Lord just say more, and I did not know what more was. So I'm going to give you guys some more. Through sitting down and writing the story and just really trying to hone in on what God was trying to teach me, is teaching me, is that I have had a spirit of unworthiness since I was even created. My mom and dad divorced when my mom was pregnant with me. So I did not grow up with my father, which really actually was a blessing. But from the beginning, before I even walked to this earth, I had a disillusioned vision of a father figure. And that really has been difficult for me to walk through with learning to love my heavenly father and to know that I am loved and I am accepted and I am worthy. I grew up with visits to my dad where it was full of anxiety Nothing was ever good enough. I was always told that I was a failure or that I did something wrong. Everything was a checklist, a tally mark, and it just set me up for failure, really, honestly. And I, we haven't spoken in two years. I did cut that relationship off because it was toxic and it has given me so much freedom, freedom to love, freedom to forgive. But I just say all that because, you know, it was, it very much impacted my view of God and my relationship with our father. So that is a little bit of background on me. And I just wanted to share what God has really done lately for me. I, like I said, I met my husband in college and that plays a little part in what I'm going to tell you, but I was diagnosed with stage three melanoma back in June, 2010. That spring, we had moved into a new house. We had a new job. We had a six-month-old. Everything was great, looked great, felt great. Went to my OB. She saw a spot along my brow line and told me to go immediately to the dermatologist. But again, all these things were new. And so I made an appointment, canceled, made, canceled, and finally went in and then got the dreaded phone call. My dermatologist called me back and said, it's melanoma. We need you to come in. We need to get surgery. So there was a lot of guilt. I mean, with that also, melanoma, I felt that it was my fault, that I tanned too much, that I sunned too much, that I 
had brought this cancer on myself. So I had surgery, went through the surgery. Again, we had a new baby, new house, new job, came out of the surgery, was fine. It had spread to my lymph nodes, but everything was kind of good. After the doctors met, they decided we're just going to observe her. We're going to do PET scans. We'll do everything every three months. Everything was good. Graduated. I remember graduating past that and being so scared because my type A personality, I like to have the checklist that everything was okay. So fast forward, I had packaged cancer up, had not thought about it. It was in the past. It did not exist in my world anymore. And then we had our second child in 2015, Walter. And I remember being completely scared to have a little boy because remember, I don't have a great track record with men. And having a boy scared me to death. But God knew what we needed and when we needed him. We had Walter in April. And then a year later, I went to the dermatologist for my usual checkup. I remember I was getting dressed. I was about to walk out the door. And the sweet PA, who is very much a guardian angel, um, said, oh, we forgot to check your lymph nodes. And Dr. Krell is leaving to go to Germany. So let's go ahead and get this done. Did not think twice. She checked my lymph nodes and you could see the look on their faces. There was something there. It was back underneath my arm. I remember calling the doctor and he said immediately, just get in your car, come to Kirkland Clinic. Let's look at it. I called my husband and told him. And he had just started a new job. That plays an important role in this conversation. Um, He had just started a new job. He was like, I'll meet you there. I was very, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. We're just going to go. Well, of course, I walk in and he's there waiting for me. So we go in and meet with the doctors. One doctor felt something. The others did not feel anything. We got an ultrasound. Nothing showed up on the ultrasound. But my doctor was like, you know what? Your cancer's always been a little tricky. So let's just go in. Let's do some surgery. So we went in. We did surgery. I remember my husband telling me that the doctor came out and said, everything's great. It's clear. It's encapsulated. Apparently it was cancer. It's supposed to be dirty and yucky and gross. So again, we thought everything was good. And on June 30th, we get the phone call that the cancer was back. And (laughs) on that same day, my husband lost his job via text message. So great. Awesome. Cancer's back, two kids, and we just lost a job, which has our insurance. This is awesome. This is going to be great. And really, it's so beautiful to sit here and look back. Had my husband not lost his job, had I not changed from corporate to the job I was in, I would have blown through my sick time, my vacation time. My husband would not have been able to care for the children that summer um, as I was healing because I had drain tubes in and you know, just kind of a process. And so it really is beautiful to see God's hand and how he had ordained so much of this before I even knew it. So fast forward to August, and I was able to do a clinical trial for Keytruda. Um, I was going into the trial stage three to see if a stage three could remain a stage three, and I went in cancer-free. So it was a great blessing, did nine rounds of this drug, I remember going in, it was January or February, it all blurs together. And my husband did not go with me. He had started a new job now. And I went by myself because I was getting my infusion, didn't think anything of it. Normally it's 45 minutes at work, watch some Real Housewives, do something and just kind of de-escalate. So I go and 
a pee in the cup like you're supposed to. And the doctor and the nurse come out and say, you're pregnant. And I was like, I'm sorry, do what? When you've got my specimen messed up with someone else's specimen, because this is not possible. We have two kids. I'm in cancer treatment. Like, this is not right. So they draw some blood. And I was like, okay, so I'm just not going to say anything. Well, that's not my personality. I'm the worst. I cannot keep a surprise unless it's just, so I call my husband. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He was like, well, I'm about to walk into lunch for my review for my new job. I was like, awesome. I'm pregnant. So just call me later and we'll just chat about this. And I mean, I cannot even imagine what he must have been thinking. So I, of course, I'm freaking out. They're like, we can't give you treatment in case you're pregnant today. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, okay, awesome. So obviously all that was a blur. I go to pick up Walter and the doctor calls and says, yes, your blood work has come back. You're pregnant. Y'all. We had not planned this, obviously. I was in cancer treatment. This was not anything that we were expecting. So we went to the doctor pretty much immediately. Some of the doctors had encouraged termination, not out of spite, not out of, you know, just out of concern. Melanoma is still relatively a new cancer. Melanoma can be passed between mom and baby through the placenta. And there was just risks. I had had nine rounds of Keytruda. I had been in treatment. I had had cancer. If you look back kind of at the timeline, the cancer came back after each child. And so we had a great team of doctors. And I remember sitting on the back porch with my husband and he starts crying and he's like, I can't lose you. We have two kids. You're healthy. I can't lose you. And I just had the peace. I have never been one to hear God like audibly or Morgan Freeman. I just, I don't, I, like I look at the sky and people will send pictures of crosses and clouds and I don't get it. I wish that I could, but mine was just a blanket of peace. And I looked at Justin and I said, this is it. It's part of our story. And I don't know why, but it is. And this is our baby and we're going to be okay. So I need to kind of digress for a minute. Around this time, and this plays a very important role, around this time of my cancer journey, and this will resonate to a lot of listeners, there was another young woman in Homewood who had melanoma, had three children, and she ended up passing away. And I followed her story very closely because her story could have been my story. And part of her story was my story. And I remember when I started following her story, I was telling my husband about her and he said, oh, well, I know her sister. We went to college together also. So again, God ordained all of this before it even happened. Had I not met Justin, had he, you know, just how he wove all of this together. So we reached out to her sister and um, throughout pretty much our cancer journey the second time, their family prayed for us. I kept her in the loop. So I called her when I found out that we were pregnant and it happened that a lot of the times I would get treatment or have a scan, it would be on a special occasion in their family. It would have been one of the times I think it was on Molly's birthday. It just all fell on very important, beautiful milestones in their life. And so it was just really neat and beautiful. So I say all this because we reached out to Bess and their family covered us in prayer. We reached out to our church, and they covered us in prayer. I met a beautiful woman there 
who prayed for us. I went up front and she prayed at the very beginning. And then months later, um, I ran into her in the bathroom and she said, are you Allie Nichols? I said, yes. She said, I'm so glad you kept the baby. I have been praying for you every day. I keep your prayer card in my car and we have become beautiful friends now. And it is just really amazing. So everyone is on board. We have um, a great pregnancy. And we welcomed Henry into the world November 6th. We had Henry. He was great. No melanoma on the placenta. Everything was wonderful. That's November. And then we're going to fast forward to April. And I had been feeling a lot of pain and underneath my arm. And sometimes I think that can be phantom pain just because you're losing your lymph nodes, whatever. So I go to the doctor and he feels a mass immediately. We do an ultrasound. There's a mass on the ultrasound. So, I mean, I say it is within maybe two days they decide that they're going to do surgery. And so my oldest child was like, I'm going with you. My husband's going with me. They plan the surgery. Uh, My beautiful friends had a prayer circle. The woman I told you about from church was there. She led it. She laid hands on us. It was just a beautiful moment of surrender. And again, through all this, I had a peace. I cannot explain it. It is all the Holy Spirit for my human mind to try and put it into words is impossible. It's trying to put God into a box that he cannot fit in. He's not meant to be in a box. It's not one size fits all. And so I say that. So we went in for surgery, three hours in surgery. The doctor comes out apparently to my husband and was like, I can't find anything. There is nothing there. Again, y'all, we had taken pictures. It was on the ultrasound. He felt it. There is nothing but God's miracle that it was not there. I mean, I still to this day am in constant awe because I have felt for so long that unworthiness. Why? I don't deserve this gift from God. I don't deserve this blessing of this beautiful son that is beauty from ashes. And I'm going to share that also. And I just, it wasn't there. And a few days later, we were on social media and I was looking through and I saw that Molly's husband was getting remarried and my heart sank in the sense that life goes on, but happy for them. And it was just a lot of emotions. And I remember I was getting out of the car and I handed the phone to my husband and was like, here's the update on, you know, Molly. And I get back in the car and he's crying, y'all. And I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? I just left the car for two seconds and you're crying. Like, what happened here? And he looks at me and he goes, I don't understand how people don't believe in God. And I'm thinking, he just found the meaning of life. In the 30 seconds, I just pumped gas. Like, geez, Louise. So what happened was the picture showed Molly's husband with his fiance. Okay, so y'all buckle up for this part. His fiance was my anesthesiologist who put me under the day of my surgery when they could not find the cancer. Y'all, it still gives me goosebumps when I tell that story. And we called Bess immediately and we're all crying on the phone. Another really cool part of that is that the anesthesiologist never worked on Tuesdays. She never worked in the clinic that my surgery was in. I mean, it just, again, God's sovereignty in blessings and provision and peace is amazing. And I don't deserve it. I'm trying to learn to embrace it. I'm trying to learn that 
I am worthy. My friends will tell you I am not good at accepting compliments. I hate opening presents in front of people. And I think it all really stems because I just have never felt as though I deserve it. But I do. And you do. And we all do. And it's not going to make sense. And, you know, my story could have gone a million different ways. And again, for me to try and make sense of it is not going to serve me or serve the Lord at all. I am learning to embrace it, to share it, to share my journey. I gave you all the highlights. There are also some dark times in there. You know, I mean, I could have easily died. My, you know, we could have terminated the pregnancy. Things could have gone a million different directions, but they know without a doubt they went in the direction that God led us. And he has been so beautiful and so kind. And I just am so honored to share part of this journey with each of you and know that you are worthy and you are loved and you are his and you You deserve all that he gives you. And we just have to pour into him and lean into him and let his love and blessings surround us. So I just want everyone to know you are worthy. You are beloved. You are his. You are his daughter. And he loves you. I really, I'm not one. I don't know all the Bible verses. I wish I did. I have some friends who can speak beautiful prayers and they are amazing at it. But I do love Isaiah 61, 1, 3. Um, And I would love just to share that. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for all those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And y'all, I was born in ashes. Like I said, I was born broken. I was born in a separated family and coming from unworthiness. And Henry, our sweet third baby, he was beauty from ashes. And I just, I mourn with you, but I also praise with you and share with you and just call each of us up and just thank the Lord. I thank you all for this opportunity. Again, there's lots more to share, but I could go on and on about God's mercies and his beauty. But this is my story. It's a story of just redemption and beauty from ashes, and I am still, again, learning that I am worthy. There are so many points in Allie's story that I appreciate. I mean, first off at the beginning of her story where she spoke about comparing her heavenly father with her earthly father, how often so many of us do that Mm -hmm. and we miss who our Heavenly Father really is because of that. And we have such a hard time accepting that we're worthy and we're loved and we're His. So that was one thing that really stood out to me. But then also just this concept of being worthy of God's blessings, despite our weaknesses, despite our mistakes, our unfaithfulness, we are worthy of His blessings. And I loved how she just kept saying that over and over Mm -hmm. again at the end of her story. And you know, one thing that 
that I appreciated is that oftentimes you hear a story and I think as the listener, you might think their story is tied up in a bow. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we know that life is not that way, it's easy to hear a story and feel like, oh, well, their life is so simple now. <laughs> and I appreciate Allie's transparency that this is a journey, mm-hmm. that she is still working on believing her worthiness, yeah. believing how God sees her and and differentiating her relationship from her earthly father to her heavenly well, father. And honestly, like that's the power of story is reminding right. us of those truths because we're all, none of us are tied up with a bow. Right, I right. need those reminders just as much <laughs> exactly. as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, and she clearly said, God is not meant to be put in a box. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it before. We want to put him in a box. We we want things to be pretty and easy, and they're not. And another thing she told us after we finished recording, mm-hmm. that Henry means God is love. And yeah. so that sweet baby, I mean, the world that tried to tell baby, her yes. that mm-hmm. miracle baby, the miracle of just that the tumor wasn't there, the mass wasn't there. But just, you know, the world tried to say, do it this way. But they knew what they believed, and they followed through. And they trusted the Lord. Yeah, Loved it. And I don't want to gloss over the literal miracle of her tumor disappearing. Mm -hmm. Wow. We want signs from the Lord. We, We ask for those things. But I don't think we really believe him. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really believe God does that. And he literally removed a tumor from her body that is gone. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really good reminder of the power of prayer yeah. because she had her community around her, her church, That's local true. church around her, praying for her, someone laying yes. hands on her, of just really never discount how powerful prayer is and petitioning the Father. Yeah. And actually reminds me of Valerie's story too. If you haven't listened to that one, yeah. she talks in the oh, end yeah. about the power of prayer and God literally moving mountains. Yes. So do us a favor today. We want you to share this story with someone. Give somebody hope. Let them know that the power of miracles still exist and share storytellers with someone today. And you can find us online on, you find us on all the social media places at Storytellers Love Podcast. If you want to join our email, we would love that. We send just a weekly email about our storyteller and anything we have going on. You can sign up on our website, which is storytellerslive.org. Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.